Well, hey, Sats here. I hope you're doing very well. Welcome to C3 Reflect today. Uh, great to spend some time together. And if you are brand new checking us out today, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that we can keep hanging out and get this content coming your way. Uh, that'll be awesome. And maybe you've been tuning in for a few weeks, uh, you know, getting connected with what's going on and you wanna take that next step to let us know that you're here. You can actually go to c3reflect.church slash connect and you can put your details in there. Let us know what you're up to, who you are, and then we can connect you into the life of C3 Reflect and being a part of church life, which is always good. Well, hey, I'm excited today because we're launching a brand new series and it's called Influencers. And um, this is actually a series we ran before last year. Um, but the reason we're doing it again is because it's much more than just a preaching series. This is, this is actually part of our vision and our values as a church. And uh, you may know that we've got three parts of our vision uh, to help people, to help you connect into community, to transform into the image of Christ and to influence the world. And, uh, you know, everything really begins in that in that community space, in the context of community. Um, you know, we all need people to come alongside us and strengthen us in our faith. And the idea of a healthy Christian just isolated on their own, just them and Jesus, is just not quite in the design of God. And, uh, of course, God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Um, but in the context of community, we're actually going to find that we grow and we become the people we're supposed to be. And that's where we begin to experience transformation. Uh, that being a Christian is not just a moral code or a set of behavioral changes. It's, it's actually about a deep transformation on the inside of us. We actually begin to become like Christ. And the resulting sort of overflow of that is influence. So influence is like the fruit of uh, being a follower of Jesus. We should find that as we get our lives healthy and in a good place in the context of community with God, we begin to be transformed and changed and we become better human beings. We become more confident. We become full of faith. We become uh, people who exude the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, all of that jazz, self-control. We're going to find that we naturally cause uh, influence. We'll, we'll cast a shadow of influence in our world. That when you go to the workplace, you will affect the atmosphere and you will affect the people around you. Why? Because influence is a fruit. And so what we wanted to do as part of this series is just walk you through nine elements of influence. If influence is like the end result of a Christian, they're all really important and they all kind of happen at the same time. We wanted to walk you through those, those nine elements of influence. And these are taken from those three values to connect, transform, um, and influence. And we've split them into three more. And we end up with a nine week series where we're gonna talk about, um, you know, what we believe it means to, 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 to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, what's also really cool about this is that for us, this is not just, um, you know, a cool idea, but it's, it's also actually a discipleship framework uh, that we've launched as part of our church. And so I think, you know, it can be helpful to have something to look to. And, um, you know, some churches have church membership. And for us, this is much more of a relational connection of a discipleship framework. And so after these nine weeks, we will give you an opportunity to actually sign up and say, I want to be a part. I value these nine things, or maybe I, I don't, and I need to, uh, you know, just figure that out for myself. But, but if you're coming through this series and thinking these nine qualities, these nine elements, these nine values, these seem pretty legit. And I, I want to go on the journey of growing into these nine things and continuing to grow 
in, in Christ at Connecting Community, Transform the Image of Christ and to influence the world. And if that's something that resonates with you, then we'd love to invite you to become an influencer. And that's about being a part of a discipleship framework where we meet every month. And, um, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 72 disciples. You know, not everybody was in the 12 and not everybody was in the 72. And so I think sometimes in church life, we have to create an, an, an opportunity for people to step forward and an opportunity for people to say, hey, I'm, I'm actually here and I want to be discipled. I, I want to experience more of God. And that's what we're creating as part of Influencers. Um, so, hey, we're going to jump into a message now. It's week one. And our first element of influence is immersion. So our first element of influence is immersion. And uh, we've been very specific in how we've labeled this. And we are going to talk about baptism. And may, you may have some context around baptism. Um, but uh, we're going to use the word immersion. And I'll explain why in, in just a few moments. But I want to read you a scripture just to help us uh, kind of kick this off. It's in Romans uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 1 to 13. So a good 13 verses. So get comfortable. Um, this is what it says. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall be certainly, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So, wow, there's like so much there. And uh, this is one of the places that we introduced this idea of baptism and uh, just that the reality of what has actually happened for us as Christian believers. And as I said before, this is not just a moral code um, or a set of sort of like behaviors that we're going to change. Becoming a Christian is described in there. Becoming a follower of Jesus is to identify with Christ in both his death and in his resurrection and Jesus who deals with the issue of sin uh, and solves it. It's like we also share in that that forgiveness and that 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 the, the blessing of God that rests upon Jesus now rests upon us, and so sin is like it's like a spiritual sickness, and uh, we don't have to look very far to see in our world that there are problems, <laughs> there's brokenness. Uh, but I think sometimes the, the the thing we are reluctant to acknowledge is perhaps that sin is not just about everything that is happening out there, but sin is also about everything that's happening in here, that we're not just people who are broken, but we're also people who are sometimes doing the breaking. And the principal sin uh, that we see all throughout scripture and human history is this rebellion against God. It's this sense of, I wanna do what I wanna do. I don't wanna acknowledge you as creator. And, uh, and that's the sin that, that every human being has committed. And in Jesus, we see that Jesus has paid the price for our sin in going to the cross. 
cross and as he's raised to life and by faith we receive what Jesus has done for us, we too share in that overcoming of death and the resurrection of life. And uh, that's pretty good news. And the reason this is uh, so key for us to understand is this is this is the beginning of everything about how we understand how to follow Jesus, how we understand the Holy Spirit, how we understand how to renew our mind and our thinking. We have to understand that, that, that something has happened. The old me has died with Christ on the cross and the new me has been resurrected with Jesus. And that's the state that I now live in today. So everything that I do to follow God, and Paul's talking there a lot about, you know, not sinning and, you know, um, getting your life right and behavioral change, let's call it that, transformation from the inside, that I'm going to become a different person. You know, instead of being uh, self-centered, I'm going to be- become others orientated. And, and instead of holding grudges and gossiping, I'm going to change the way that I talk about people. And I'm going to deal with the deep stuff in my emotions. And, and we go on this process that we're all on. We're all imperfectly being transformed into the image of Christ. None of us have got everything sorted. We're, we're all imperfect. And yet we are outworking something that has already happened. And that is that you are new in Christ. Can I just speak that over you today? Because I know for some of us, we don't always feel like that is the case. Sometimes our feelings are telling us one thing, but I just want to encourage you, your feelings are valid, but they're not always correct. They're not always accurate about what, what, what the true state of the world is. And so we've got, to, we've got to be aware of our emotional world, but we've got to make sure that we also are not entirely led just by our emotions, but we're led by truth. And I want to speak that truth over you today, that you are clean in Christ Jesus, that the issue has, of sin has been dealt with and you are forgiven, Covered by the blood of Jesus. Now, how do we get to this whole conversation about baptism? And baptism, let's be honest, it's a bit weird. Like, <laughs> there's just some things that people do in, in religion and faith. You just think, yeah, what was going on there? And I want to just give you a little bit of the backstory around back- baptism and to help us understand why it's a part of our Christian faith um, today and why it's something that we practice. Now, you'll notice that I call this, this message immersion, not baptism. And a uh, funny story, you know, a while ago when one of the first or most popular English translations of the Bible was being made. Don't forget the Bible was, uh, before that was in Latin and before that Greek and Hebrew and so on. And and so the, the King James version of the Bible was one of those early translations. And, um, you know, a, a little bit before that, uh, at some point, uh, you know, the church had read the scripture talking about, hey, um, you know, be baptized, believe and be baptized that you'd be saved and all of that jazz, and uh, people had decided, whoa, you know, we need to make sure people get baptized. And so what they would do is, you know, when their kids were born, they would think, well, quick, baptize them. (laughs) And it was really a very fearful, fear-driven idea, which was like, hey, if we're not quick to do this kind of symbol, this ceremony, then, hey, maybe that person won't be saved. And so we, we get introduced to this idea of sprinkling where we'd sprinkle uh, babies, children, say, wow, you're, you're baptized, great, job done, all sorted. And so when we come to the time of King James, what's really interesting is that uh, King James was, was actually sprinkled as a baby. And so when we go to the original text of the scripture and we see this word baptism, I want you to understand something, that that word baptism is, is something called transliterated, which, which means that um, it's not translated, it's the original word. And that word that the root of baptism literally means immersion. It doesn't mean uh, light sprinkling. It, doesn't, it just means completely dumped. And what happened is 
Because King James had only been sprinkled and he was commissioning this translation of the Bible, the translators were a bit worried. <laughs> they were like, if we translate this word as, as immersion, the king's going to be upset and he's going to think, hey, hang on a minute, what are you saying about me? And so they were, they were too afraid to translate the word. So they simply just took the Greek word and just brought it into English. And they went, baptism, baptize. And so that's why we read even today, this word baptism really just means immersed. And so for me, you know, I don't think we've got to be too kind of, kind of hung up on it. And this is tradition and life and translation and the complexity of all of that stuff. But, you know, for me, I just want to get back to the original meaning, the original context, because today in 2023, we really do have the ability to get back to that original context and understand and as much as possible, bring that into how we live out our Christian faith today. So this word immersion, this is what it means. I want you to imagine like you've got like a, uh, like a bucket of red dye, or, or something that is like, I don't know, like oil or, or blood or something that, 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 that you, you don't want to touch because it's going to get all over you. And, and this is exactly what that, that word is referring to. If you imagine dipping like a, like a white t-shirt or, or a white rag and putting it in this substance, red dye, and it's what happens as it goes under, as it is baptized. That's literally what the word means, to be immersed. It takes on the qualities of that which it goes into. And this is so important for us to understand because, because baptism is this symbolic thing of, of representing what has actually happened to us in Christ. That you and I have shared in, we've been dipped into, we've gone down into the cross, like into death, into the grave with Jesus. Metaphorically, but spiritually, this is our reality of what has happened on the inside of us. And we have been raised to life. And as we come out of those waters and as we've received Jesus, we're actually being lifted, taking on the qualities of Christ. And so baptism is not just this thing we do just to kind of hopefully we'll get into heaven and hopefully our kids are all right. And it's not just a kind of cultural thing that we do just to kind of fit in. It's actually a representation of this complete and utter life change that has happened when we made the decision to follow Jesus. And so I want to encourage us today, if you've not yet been baptized, fully immersed underwater, I think it is a great thing to do. And we're going to have some baptisms coming up uh, very soon. Uh, so stay tuned and get on the mailing list and all of that so you can hear about uh, when those are coming up. And, and, and it's such an important a starting point for us as we talk about influence and as we talk about being an influence in our world, because, because everything starts with who you are. And if we don't get on board with the very first step in our Christian faith, which is to believe and be baptized, that's like the first thing. And what I love in the scripture is you never get a sense that they waited for ages. They're not like, okay, let's schedule something in. It was just like there was this kind of culture of just like, okay, let's get baptized. Let's go. Let's get fully immersed. And they would there and then often just be baptized. And I love that. I love that spirit of just uh, hunger and wow, revelation of what, what, what you're actually living in. And God has saved me. and I'm coming out of death into life. And one of the things that is um, interesting for us to understand is that this idea of baptism didn't just begin in the New Testament. And so, you know, Christian tradition is that baptism is this thing that started with Christianity. It's not actually the case. Uh, it's actually something that has roots back into Jewish culture and Jewish context. Um, think about it. Uh, you know, John the Baptist shows up and uh, he's like, guys, you need to repent. You need to believe and you need to be baptized. You need, uh, and, and, and just imagine this is like a new idea. 
and uh, there's some guy and he's come from the desert and it's John the Baptist. And he's like, what you need to do is you need to turn to God. And they're like, cool, what should we do? He's like, well, come over here and I'll just chuck you in this body of water and hold you under for like half a second and bring you out again. How does that sound? Like, it's crazy. And we just read that in the scripture. Like, oh yeah, cool, that's, yeah, that, that's what they did. And it only makes sense if we understand that actually baptism is something immersion in water is something that has actually existed for much longer. When we read through scripture, we see all sorts of references to sort of ritual cleansing. Uh, you know, the idea of being washed with water. And there are all sorts of ceremonial things in the Old Testament law that we're gonna, we would actually see were, were things. And around the time of Jesus, this had evolved or grown into um, something called, uh, in the Hebrew, a mikvah. Now, really interestingly, this, 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 this mikvah is, is, it's like, it was like a pool of water. And I think, I believe it had to be from sort of a natural source or a well or something like that. And this is the context. So we understand how baptism today fits and flows from this, this idea. And, and a mikvah would be used, um, you'd be immersed in water uh, for a number of reasons. Sometimes for something quite specific, like uh, sort of a ceremonial um, you know, uh, celebration of something new. So often people who are getting married, they would go into a mikvah. Uh, also around um, you know, uh, things like childbirth, or menstruation, you know, women would often go into a mikvah. And uh, it was also uh, used by the priests uh, before the priests would, would go in to be ready for their duty in the temple, they would go into a mikvah and they would immerse themselves in water. And it was this, it, it wasn't about getting uh, physically clean. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, let's have a bath. No, it was actually like a, a symbolic representation of, of something that had kind of already happened, the, the, the spiritual cleansing. And so as the priest would go into duty in the temple, knowing that God was the one who was cleansing, they would symbolically immerse themselves in a mikvah. And the mikvah was often used as, as the sign of like a new season. The root word of mikvah actually links to this word hope. And it was a symbol of rebirth. Are you beginning to see the, 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 how, how baptism just made so much sense? It was, it, it was the continuation of an ancient Jewish idea of this idea of immersion in water. And so for us today to, to just start sprinkling a few people and call it baptism, I don't know. I, like, I, I get it and I understand how it's evolved. But I just think we need to get back to this idea of immersion in water. Because when we go under the waters in baptism... You know, there's nothing physical that happens in that moment. It's symbolic, but it's symbolic of something that has happened on the inside of us in a spiritual reality that is greater than all other realities. And we celebrate and we mark the moment and we say, I was once dead in my sins, but Jesus loved me. Jesus gave his life for me and now I'm resurrected in Christ. And this is a really important chapter in the life of every believer to mark the moment out of obedience to scripture in baptism to be fully immersed. And so, um, you know, we read about how, you know, Jesus once and for all, you know, was raised to life. And so, you know, in, in the Jewish culture, and interestingly, just so you know, this, this idea of the mikvah still continues today in Judaism. And so there's a whole context um, there. And, and people would go into the mikvah regularly. It wasn't just a one-off thing. But for us as Christians today, because of the death and the resurrection is a one-off, he's not continuing to give his life uh, for us. It was a symbolic one-time moment. 
That for us is a one-time thing that we do, that we recognize what Jesus has done um, for us. And this is so cool because I think so often, you know, when it comes to our personal lives and working with Christ and, uh, you know, we make mistakes and sometimes we fail and sometimes we sin and, and we get the lie of the enemy is that, hey, you, you failed, you missed the mark. And now that's it. You, you scuppered your chance. You had your clean sheet. You had your fresh opportunity. But we need to understand today that's not how it works. That's not how grace works because the old me has been put to death on the cross and now I've been raised to life. And so whatever mistakes I make, they are covered by the blood of Jesus. And of course, God desires our obedience that flows from a place of trusting in him. But we have forgiveness of sins. We're working from a place of grace. We're working from a place of righteousness. We're not working to prove ourselves to God because we are already proven because of Jesus. Jesus has proven on our behalf. And so going under the waters and coming back up is this, this memory, is this symbol, it's this moment where we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. There's another really cool element around immersion, baptism. And that is, you know, as we go under uh, the waters, you know, when we think about the body of Christ, which the Bible now describes as us, believers, and this whole vision in Romans about being united in Christ. And this is what's so cool because we're united both in the death of Jesus and in the resurrection of Jesus. And so we come out of this sort of individualistic life where it's just about me and I'm just doing my own thing. And, and we recognize, man, and I identify with Christ and with the body of Christ. And as I come up out of the waters, and it's normally such a powerful moment and people are cheering and clapping and there's excitement in the mix. Why? Because what we're actually doing is we're welcoming someone into the body of Christ, the global church. Not just here in our local context context of C3 Reflect, but we're, we're welcoming a new believer in. And we're actually saying, you're part of a community. You have family. We're, we're with you. We're for you because what brings us together is Christ. What brings us together, united in Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. This has been our first element of influence, immersion. And uh, I would love just to pray for you right now. Maybe there's some people watching uh, right now this video and you, you don't know if you've, you, you, you've, you've made that moment spiritually. Um, I'm sure you know if you've been baptized or not very practically, but you're not sure, like, what, what do I do if, if this good news that Jesus has taken on all of my sin? You see, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin are death. It's the fruit of sin produces death on the inside of us. It produces all of the derivatives of death. That's fear. That's worry. That's anxiety. That's sickness. There's, 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 there's all of the, the, the dangerous stuff that happens in our relational world. Uh, all of the hatred, all of the anger, all of the lust, jealousy, envy, all of those things. That's what sin, sin produces in us, the derivatives of death. And it all culminates in death and destruction. I mean, it doesn't sound great, does it? But, but sometimes we're going to understand, the, before we can understand the good news, we have to understand the bad news. And that is, the wages of sin are death. And every single one of us are, are, are on a trajectory right now that is not good. And because God so loved the world, he sent his son, Jesus, to come and to take our place on the cross. So that now in him, by having faith in him, by having trust in him that culminates in obedience, we're going to find we can actually receive and accept what Jesus has done for us. God will not override your will. 
He will not force you because love never forces. Love never uh, makes people do things. Love provides an opportunity and God has revealed his love for us in such a practical, physical way. The blood of Jesus on the cross shed for us in giving his life for us. If, if you would like to receive that today, it's so simple. You can just pray a prayer and it's just something from the inside of your heart saying, yes, God, I, I accept and what you've done. So I'm gonna pray just something quickly and maybe you wanna pray this back where you are at home or wherever you are. Let's just pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I wanna say I'm sorry for going my own way, for rebelling against you, for all of the sin in my life. And right now I turn back to you. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. I'm completely clean right now. <laughs> all of your grace and your mercy I receive right now and I commit to following you I submit myself to you amen that's the prayer if you prayed that prayer it's such a powerful prayer and that is the moment that's spiritually on the inside of you you may or may not feel something it may just be an ordinary moment it may be a profound moment but on the inside of you in the greatest reality you've moved from death to life Hey, thanks so much for watching today. If you would like to get baptized, uh, please get in contact. Let us know because it's a great step as part um, of uh, your, your, your walk as a believer. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you in the next weeks of Influencers. We'll catch you guys soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. I'm also wondering if there's someone in your world who might benefit from hearing this message. So please do share it with them. Help us get the word out there. And of course, you can connect with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and so on. Just look for C3 Reflect. For anything else, go to our website, c3reflect.church. Do hit subscribe, rate and review. Thanks so much. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day.